I don't have a bad bone in my body, but I'd like to. <laughs> my allergies are seasonal, but I'm a mess all year long. <laughs> Wait, I'm so proud of us. I thought those were really good. Yeah. <laughs> You're giving me a yeah. face. No, no, no. I'm into good. it. I'm into You're it. good enough. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, I do believe, 405, which I think is a highway. Isn't that a highway in LA? Yes. Taking the 405 to the 10 to the whatever. That's like their love language, just talking about travel. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. What a conversation we have ahead. I am wearing clothing for this guest. Usually I'm in a robe or PJs or sweats, and I put on a motherfucking dress because he's back on the People's People's Couch, also known as IRL on the Clothis. You know him as Senior Content Manager Entertainment at Betches Media, host of the podcast Mention It All, and creator of Bravo by Betches. Welcome back to Andy's Girl's future upcoming live show co-host, Dylan Hafer. Dylan, how are we? Bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm well, thank you. I, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited yes. for our upcoming uh, live debut. Yes. I've not, I've not been on a stage in a moment. <laughs> um, you know, I think it'll be a good time. And, uh, you know, what better time than the day after the Vanderpump Rules season finale? Literally, we are doing a Scandaval Spritz Andy's Girls live show on Thursday. Um, Q plug, plugging it in. Thursday, May 18th at 7 o'clock here in New York City. An in-person live show, which I have not done since my birthday, the birthday live show last year at the Green Room 42, plus a live stream you can watch on demand. <laughs> And guys, you can get your tickets now at thegreenroom42.venutix.com, linked in the show notes, also on my social. Dylan Hafer, I mean, we're both theater degrees. We bring the drama. Yeah, yeah when I when I was a wee BFA musical theater student. Oh, BFA? Oh, we didn't have BFA for musical theater. I had to be BA. Oh, yeah. I have a BFA in wow. musical theater. Wow, wow, um, wow. My, my dream as a BFA musical theater student was that someday I might guest co-host a live podcast about Vanderpump Rules. And I think we will talk about Housewives because I can't not talk about New Jersey. We are going to talk about Housewives as well. We have to. There's a lot. For for sure. For sure. I mean, look... As much as I, as much as oh we could, God. we could and will and probably have mm. gone long on Vanderpump Rules at times, you got to spread the love a little bit. And this season, this season of New Jersey, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's like, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this season of New Jersey as well. Okay. We need to get into it because <laughs> I just need to say, I have been getting um, sort of equal feedback, comparable feedback rather from many ages, mm. which is something along the lines of this season is stupid. I don't care. I'm done. I've run this marathon so many times. I'm not even really paying attention to the final sprint. And everybody, of course, of course, has the right to their own opinion. I certainly can understand that. And I honestly am surprised at the ways I am so fucking plugged into this season, I cannot tell you. So plugged in. Sarah, 
I am so many plugs. I agree with you. I have heard similar feedback from certain people, even certain people that I, you know, tend to agree with sometimes. Um, <laughs> Which is a rarity like, and amongst the Bravo community for us to agree with each other, <laughs> especially about New Jersey. I, like, just to say, like, it's not a niche opinion. Like, I have definitely encountered that same sentiment of mm. this season of Jersey. Like, it's a little bit like on the hamster wheel again. Like, we get it. To me, like, I have really been enjoying this season. I think, actually, despite the, like, magnitude of the Teresa and Melissa mm. sort of, you know, hovering over this season, I actually don't feel like their conflict has taken up that much mm-hmm. oxygen mm-hmm. or at least that much runtime on the show. The fact that we have three new women in the cast all of whom i think are doing a great job and yeah. have really have really gotten in there and sort of established themselves mm-hmm. you know i think danielle and rachel are like a fascinating little you know proto teresa melissa almost mm-hmm. vibe i think jen fessler is like delightful and almost like voice of reasonish in a way that this show sometimes needs yeah. like a little bit of you know the outsider being like what what are we talking about come on yeah <laughs> i think that's really important i think the the jennifer and bill dynamic continues to fascinate me and watching them in couples therapy and you know still dealing with the reverberations of this infidelity stuff that came out last season that i'm locked into I think Margaret and Jennifer fighting continues to entertain me, even pointless as it may be. I I don't know. I I think there is a lot going on this season. And while, you know, newbies aside, I, I recognize that a lot of it is kind of falling into similar patterns. But I don't think that in and of itself makes it boring or tired. I... I I agree that maybe after this season, there kind of needs to be a, a decision mm. casting wise, mm-hmm. m- maybe. I mean, that's not my job, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I really like, I just don't feel like this season has felt like a tired rehash of a decade old storyline. I think that's been, you know, part of it, certainly. But I, I don't think that's the biggest part. And that's not what I come away from watching these episodes feeling like. How much of your enjoyment slash appreciation for Jersey, the fact that you are keyed in, mm-hmm. how much of that is based on the knowledge as we know now that Teresa and Melissa are seemingly completely done? I think that is... Like that we know we're not going to get this again. Right. I think it's almost it's almost exciting in a way, watching it. it with I that in it. mind. I get it. Not because I am thrilled that they are you know so deeply divided Mm. but that it feels like it's uh arriving at a station that it's been on the track toward for a decade plus I mean I just posted earlier today there's this um account on Twitter that I love to follow called pop culture died in 2009 and they (laughs) all they do they're a handle (laughs) they're like main thing that they do is they post throwbacks of what was happening in the tabloids a decade a decade ago this week and what they post it so they always post the tabloid covers from exactly 10 years ago and like on the us weekly cover from 
April 2013. Oh, no. Like one of the little corner like headlines is like Teresa and Melissa call truce amid a family crisis. And it's like, so literally for over a decade, this has been the story we've been charting. And I mean, in a way, as somebody who really likes stories and watching, you know, television shows unfold and watching movies and, you know, all of this stuff, it's like, it feels like we're maybe close, like coming to the end of a really epic story <laughs> i mean this the odyssey is being written before our eyes Sarah. this is literally the odyssey it's giving iliad it's giving other things that i pretended to read for whatever class and absolutely did not um there is something to be said it's like i really feel like this is the worst thing for, that i'm going to be saying today and that is a long list mm-hmm. but it feels a little bit like this was always their destiny Yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you think about it, there's always this thread on the show. And even this season, this conversation has come up a few times of, oh, like, we just want peace or like, say you want peace or tell them you want peace. Like, what if we had peace or like a truce or whatever? And it's like, there's never really any indication that things are going to actually improve. Mm. It's always just like, well, you know, maybe call her up and maybe peace and it's like if the only if the best you're ever gonna get like if everybody's on their best behavior from now till the end of time and as far as you're going to get is like a truce that's not like a a great prosperous family relationship that's like agreeing that you're not gonna you know yell at each other in the backyard during Rachel Fuda's brunch <laughs> like so I I almost think that it's like they've tried it's like I you've spent the the last decade trying to work through your shit on TV so like if if it's not happening you know go, go your separate ways I mean I think there are so many examples certainly I feel like the divorce dynamic is probably more prevalent for housewives of like the conversation around housewives you know ruined my marriage mm-hmm. like this form of reality TV that is so specific and uh, has a lot of it adds a, an enormous amount of pressure onto a person's relationship. There can be a, a reasonable conversation about the ways some of these couples could have stayed together. I don't know if they would have been happy, but could have stayed together if not for becoming a Bravo Lab. And I think about the Teresa Joe. Melissa dynamic and I just think to myself like I think that had Melissa not joined Housewives and let's say Teresa's still been on but I actually don't even think it matters I don't think I think that they would still be estranged Mm -hmm. or over I think that what we're watching right now the thing that I feel like is difficult for people to say specific to this is if you weren't to either of them or both or neither. If you weren't on reality TV, you could repair this relationship. Get off the show so that you can, you know, repair this dynamic with your sister. And the thing of it is, I like really don't see that at all. No, no, at I don't. All. And to me, like the idea that one of them should or might leave the show after this season has nothing to do with get off TV so you can go heal this. It's right. get off TV so we can watch something else. And like, I'm not you know, Mm -hmm. the biggest 
I don't think that this is like a horrible season and they must make a change. I think that like it kind of feels like it's time, but I I do I agree with you that it's like yeah. Actually, what what that just made me think of is um, the conversation on Real Housewives of Miami this past season about Nicole and her dad mm. and the feelings that some of the other women, especially Alexia, had about like bro that's your dad like you gotta you know it's disrespectful it's disrespectful to to not accept him for who he Mm -hmm. is you know all of our he was embarrassed humiliated him on tv you humiliated on tv everybody has their problems you need to work through this because that's your only dad and you're stopping him from seeing his grandson that's you know that whole kind of conversation and the pushback on that from some of the women on the show but also from a lot of the audiences like you're allowed to not want toxic vibes Mm -hmm. energy in your life around your kid in your home with your family like if you know I think that there is a part of Nicole that still does want to work on things with her dad and so I think that's you know that's a conversation to be had but thinking about that sort of energy with Teresa and Joe like the brother sister thing Mm. I think that comes into play that every you know family is very important and blood is thicker than water and people have strong feelings about you know your wife is getting in the way of this brother and sister dynamic and you should never come between family and you know when Teresa was in prison this dispute of how much Melissa and Joe were really there for the girls Mm. and all of this stuff and like I, I it's not that none of that matters because I think there's too many layers to pick apart to make any kind of sweeping statement like that. But just that kind of from here on out, if it's better for everyone involved to just cut the losses and say, yeah, we're not going to go to the shore together. We're not going to be at everybody's birthday. Maybe we'll see each other here and there. Maybe we won't. We'll see how it shakes out. That's probably the healthiest thing for everyone involved. Even if that doesn't, even if that goes against kind of the, cultural norms such a good point and I feel like you know Andy on the watch what happens I think with Melissa Andy was talking about like essentially what am I supposed to do with this reunion which is a question I had for and about him too like there's no tension around we have to repair this because we know by both sides telling us that neither side has any interest Mm -hmm. in repairing and we don't have Louie anymore playing the part of mediator, albeit unsuccessfully. So what am I supposed to talk about? And then he goes on the radio today and talks about how fucking intense it was to record um, the reunion and I to film the reunion rather. And I just thought to myself like, yeah, because this they're going to throw everything against the wall because it's the last time mm-hmm. at least for a while, but possibly ever, especially with this largest stage with both of them being on the show full time that they're going to have a chance to litigate this. So I feel like they brought with them every receipt, every example, but more than that, every anger and frustration they've ever had and completely laid it bare. Because unlike the last season, you know, when someone's going to run into the dressing room crying, Andy's not going to say to the other person, you know, Andy's not going to say to Teresa, go run after Joe. Mm -hmm. We know that she doesn't want to. And we know it would be essentially almost unfair to ask her to go. Yeah, I first of all, I thought another thing that was interesting that he said on his radio show was that they didn't even spend that much time talking about the family stuff. Mm. Because there's there's other shit going on. There's new things to talk about. There's more 
there's more productive territory to I explore. Love I love that. And so it's like, of, of course, you know, we wouldn't want to watch a three-part reunion where they don't address it, but that it's like, this doesn't need to be the the bulk of the day, and it probably shouldn't be. But another thing, um, I had Melissa on my podcast like a few weeks into this season, so it was, you know, early days, but, you know, some stuff had already gone down. We talked about the that um that handwritten seating chart from the engagement party oh, that had yeah. circulated and some of the texts and stuff and she already at that point in the season was like I'm showing up to the reunion with receipts ready to go I don't usually I'm not usually like that like that's Melissa's go-to kind of MO is not to be on attack mode it's not to have you know the pages and pages of receipts that's not kind of like how she likes to operate but you could sense already just a few weeks into the season with the reunion probably two months away that she was already like this this time it's got to be different like this is kind of my <laughs> last chance a little bit it felt like we saw that energy during last season's reunion too like this kind of zero fucks attitude yeah. from Melissa of like I'm done even though at that point they were working on healing and everything yeah. else it did feel like she brought a fire and also this attitude of like I don't want to do this anymore which was different to me than how they have and how she especially has communicated things mm -hmm. in the past which I think is an interesting change what do you think inspired that well, aside th from everything I think something that Melissa brings up a lot in interviews in the last year maybe two is when when people bring up specific things or specific situations that have been sort of like brought against her she is very quick to say like that is a lie or like all of this stuff that's being said about me is lies and like I can prove it or I I know for a fact that that is a lie that's being told about me. And I think, you know, I don't have all the receipts in front of me. I'm not, it's not my job to be the judge and the jury of like the truth meter of Melissa versus Teresa in all things. But the way that she is sort of firm in like, no, that's a lie. I don't think she would do that if she didn't know. <laughs> that she was correct, at least in some of these situations. And I think going into a reunion, thinking of like, if, if, if the people on social media and the people on your show are saying, well, Melissa did this, Melissa did that. And Melissa did the other thing. And all three of those are reasons that she's a horrible person. If Melissa has the evidence somewhere to debunk those, she she's going to bring it. I think it it kind of it's the kind of thing where like if it was just some interpersonal stuff with her and Teresa and she was like, eh, we don't really see eye to eye. You know, maybe we would have handled this differently. Then maybe it it's not in her nature to be kind of so forceful like that. But if there are all of these like specific things that are being thrown against her and she has, you know, some kind of evidence to just, you know, debunk those things, I feel like. It's kind of like, yeah, now's the time. And the way that Teresa responded to some of that, obviously Teresa bringing up Antonia on the bus, which was an interesting choice. But Melissa responding and being like, she had a thing, whatever. And also, don't you remember when one of your kids didn't show up for one of my kids' communions? And Teresa's immediate response was like, well, oh, now we're going to go tit for tat. Like, now we're going to do, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go back and forth. And I thought to myself, like, 
Babe, I thought that was the whole... We, we can't even have a conversation about the way that Melania may have been genuinely upset because if there was another example of a child not showing up to a family event, we can't even get into that conversation because Teresa immediately weaponizes it. She shuts it down and it's like, well, then what was the point of this? Yeah, I thought that was a pretty a pretty poor choice on the part of Teresa to bring up, to immediately go to, well, Antonia, dot, dot, dot. Because I think, it, you know, whether or not that situation is exactly how Melissa says it or how Teresa sees it. I'm sure it, it was somewhere in the middle. Probably somewhere in the middle. I saw people trying to look up. Yeah, the dance, Antonia's uh, high school cheer, cheer team and like when they were competing and where <laughs> like it wasn't and in Pennsylvania. sleuthing that it was the yeah, day before, but it was like the JV team. Like it was, wild. that is the we're kind of thing insane. where- insane. Some first people are unwell. First of all, if you're, as a viewer, if your reaction to watching this show is let me go look up this high schooler's competition schedule, get a fucking life. And then name the school. Yeah, name the school, post it online with Yikes. no, whatever. That's a separate issue. I, I feel confident those people are not listening to Andy's girls, so I'll save my <laughs> I'll save my full thoughts. Um, <laughs> the, the IQ is not giving Andy's girls. Oh my god! Um, but, well, the vengefulness is the maybe vengeful. not giving. I'm not the, the, I'm not into vengefulness. We in do that a way. little bit of nuance here. We we yeah, try, and I can be a dick about uh, Lord knows every episode. I mean, drinking game, but like when I'm when I'm an asshole, take a drink of a seltzer spritz, but like. The the kids, it makes me very uncomfortable because and then they're playing into the thing that is what Melissa is saying, right. which is like, don't attack my child. Right. But so then w Teresa's kind of response to that was trying to reel it back in a little bit and say, well, like, I'm not saying Antonia's bad. I'm saying that you should have, you know, figured it out so that Antonia could still come to the birthday party. Essentially that she's, you know, as a way of as a way of clarifying that she wasn't talking about Antonia, she's like, no, 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 no. Antonia's not the bad one. That's you. And like, again, this real situation, probably somewhere in the middle. Who knows? Maybe she could have made it for the last 30 minutes of the birthday party. I don't, I don't know. I don't particularly care. I just think that it, uh, Teresa is, I think she has stronger arguments she could make than why didn't Antonia's cheer schedule allow her to be at Melania's Sweet 16? Well, I felt like Teresa was trying to respond to the question posed, which is like, are you worried that there's going to be a dynamic in place that's going to create a separation or divide between the cousins? And Teresa's saying, well, essentially it's already here mm -hmm. because this thing happened that upset Melania. It just the problem with that is the way it's like you have to trust in whether or not that other person trusts your intentions and surely Teresa some part of her some part of her understands that saying Antonia's name in any way in any kind of conversation where one could perceive Antonia being used or looked at as someone who did something wrong is not okay. The The part of it that made me annoyed was when Jackie said in a confessional, and she doesn't like when I use Gia's name. I only said Gia's name and she, you know, called me a cunt four times. And it's like, okay, that was different. And you literally were like, as an example, um, what if Gia did coke? That is a different dynamic. Like, I felt like that was a huge fucking reach on Jackie's part. But also there is truth to be said in the fact that like you don't like 
when your kids are brought up when the same conversation because you shut it down when Melissa responded. Yeah, I think in general, it's just one of those things where the question was, are your kids close? That could have been answered in a way that didn't feel manipulative, potentially accusatory or manipulative or like the kids were kind of the guilty party there. Yeah. And I feel like the saddest part of this one could argue maybe one of the only sad parts of this genuinely from a per- innocence perspective is the fact that her, their kids are going to be affected by this and them being mentioned it maybe this is too unfair of me for a show that's supposed to be about real life and especially on New Jersey which is supposed to be about family but i felt like of all the ways to talk about this the the number one best way to ensure that a separation occurs is to be including Antonia's name in conversation, especially if you're aware mm. that there are other examples featuring your children. I just think like to be Antonia in that moment now used as a part of plot, which you could say the same thing about Teresa's kids too. Like it just, it sucks. The only difference for me is like Antonia is what, 16 years old? Yeah. Bringing up Gia, for example, in saying, well, Gia has all, you know, like Melissa and Joe said she was disrespectful or something, whatever mm-hmm. that language is. Gia's an adult. Like that's right. different to me than saying a 16 year old versus a 20 year old, for example. But in either case, you're asking for trouble. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you watched the Jersey after show last oh week. Oh my God, I keep forgetting. You are the second person. I, I keep Okay. I haven't seen a single episode and I need to. You're okay. I'm like the, <laughs> I, I'm no. like, I rarely actually sit down to watch it. I'll catch clips, mm. whatever. I did watch it last week specifically because um, our friend Jared Alexander texted me and was like the limerick that Jackie says about Louie in the after show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's like, what did she say? It's like there once was a guy, <laughs> it was like a guy named Louie. We, we heard lots and lots of stuff. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. I can't. I'm not going to do it justice. Go, oh my go God. watch. Um, Jackie really doing the absolute most this week. <laughs> my God. No, but in the after show, you know how they like pair them up together? Yeah. It's Jackie and Jen Fessler oh my in God, their after that. show chair together. And I they are that. just like cackling the whole time. God, it's so I funny. I watch it. It looks, I've seen like maybe screenshots of stuff. It looks yeah. like a lot of fun. Genuinely. It's, genuinely. It's good this season. The pairings are really Shit, good because it's like, it. it's like Teresa Dolores and Dolores the whole time is just like, like Teresa's saying like crazy stuff and Dolores is just kind of like oh my god Mm. and then it's Jen and Danielle together Jennifer and Danielle together Mm -hmm. who are just kind of like you know the chihuahuas like you know talking shit about Margaret the whole time and then it's like wait Jen Jennifer Aiden oh Aiden right oh my god apologies to Jen Aiden I could only think of Fessler Jen Jen Aiden oh my god what a disappearing act in my head and then it's like it's Rachel and Melissa who are like you know fun and cute and then I'm trying to think who's with Margaret I don't know um but anyway (laughs) I digress so in the um in the after show for last week they're talking about this conversation about the kids and what Teresa boils it down to oh, is that actually it's all Rachel's fault because <laughs> Rachel's the one she's like, she's like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Uh, like what? Why is Rachel asking oh, if our kids God, are close? Like Teresa. she should, she should mind her business. That's, you know, so actually it's her fault. And it's like, okay, look, is that a question that 
is potentially messy to ask on this bus and to to direct it at Teresa specifically. Sure. Sure. Do I think a producer maybe was like, "Hey Rachel, um <laughs> maybe maybe you should <sighs> Do you like having a job, Rachel?" <laughs> but it's like, "Hey Rachel, you're going to be on this bus for about 30 minutes. If you could <laughs> at some point <laughs> you might you might get a text from me." <laughs> For real, though, you might get some prompts. <laughs> we'll be we'll be watching, we'll be watching the live feed from the next bus over, and you know, I might text you a couple prompts. Look, do I think that you know is could Teresa be a little annoyed at Rachel for asking right. that? Of course, that's fine. But it's like the it's not her fault. The ensuing conversation right. is not Rachel's fault. <laughs> Like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you've been on this show for 13 seasons. Like, at the very least, you can own the words that come out of your own mouth. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Ovs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. 
chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And this is also the chicken and egg for me of people who are are self-professed tree huggers because I haven't seen really any conversation around responsibility and accountability in Teresa happening from people who are staunchly team tree. And I assume that is because they they genuinely feel like she is not responsible or accountable for anything, but it does create this slightly... Uh, testy kind of territory for me because it's like if you even gave an inch Mm -hmm. that would genuinely create a mile and I just I I have I've never seen it I don't see it now and that's the thing that kind of confuses me but I guess that's what also confuses me about Teresa because I'm like if you could only but me saying if you could only is everything Mm -hmm. because that is at the core who she is when she's saying she's working on stuff I applaud her for going to therapy. I can see some of those changes go into effect. I think that's incredible. But also, there's this other thing, the core of Teresa, which isn't going to change or evolve overnight. And But also, she might not want to do that. And that is what I find slightly confounding. Yeah, I think it's especially the last... You know, having Jennifer Aiden. So uh, sorry. Oh my god. Apologies to Jen Aiden. I you know, cannot believe I forgot her. By having such a strong soldier in Jen Aiden, and then this season also, you know, gaining another, um, you mm-hmm. know, guard dog in Danielle. I think, if anything, 
Teresa has less reason to be inclined to really right. change her ways because, you know, the last few years, this cast was kind of stuck in one place. They would add a friend here or there, but it, it really was just kind of Teresa, Jennifer, and then Dolores kind of as an addendum to that team because Dolores isn't ever going to be Teresa's soldier the way that Jennifer is. That's just not how she rolls. Dolores she, is Dolores's soldier. Right. She gets along too well with everybody on the cast mm-hmm. to ever be just kind of like, you know, you know, whatever. That's not how she rolls. And so I think this season, if anything, having Danielle there and Danielle getting along so well right off the bat with Jennifer and Teresa and really like, you know, sticking to that throughout the season, Teresa doesn't feel like she needs to be making any more concessions to the other team because, you know, her team is stronger than ever. I'm looking at you. I'm sorry. I just need a sidebar. I'm so excited to do this live show with you. I love talking to you so much. You know, you're one of my like genuine Bravo besties and we're good pals. But I just there's something about the ways that you communicate your thinking and really just like digesting the episode that are Mm -hmm. so wonderful. It's really like I'm like in a place of Zen right now. I love hearing your, I really do. I just wanted to say that. I'm so sorry. I was distracted by it. Thank you. I think uh, uh, like my kind of mindset of watching and digesting Bravo, I think has been impacted so much by the amount that I talk about it just Mm -hmm. like on a daily basis that it's like, I find it doesn't serve me to be too reactive or like, you know, harsh about things in a way that it's like, I mean, of course I have strong opinions on certain things, but that it's like, I don't know. Some like sometimes people will like come at me for being like, Oh, you're like, you're so, you're so biased. And like, you just hate Teresa or like, you're, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, do, am I, do I lean more team Melissa than team Teresa? Sure. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But like, I don't actually, compared to all the people in the world, I am far from the worst hater that Teresa has. Like, <laughs> Well, it's also the lack of understanding and tree, tree huggers are not the only people to do this, but this is the example that we're focused on. And certainly you could say that about Melissa stands as well. They just don't have a moniker as <laughs> funny as tree hugging, which I cannot get over. I'm truly obsessed. But like the idea of, well, if you bring up noting that Mm -hmm. in addition to what I'm about to say, you do lean Melissa. So that obviously matters. And I have said the same. But like the idea that because I'm critical of someone, you I have a mission to destroy them. And it's like we can't have that limits conversation, but also acknowledges the fact that conversation is not the goal for many people, which I understand, too. And there are valid reasons for that. But there is that like emptiness of nuance that mm-hmm. I think could really listen. Tree huggers aren't asking me to plant a garden, let alone bring a pack of seeds. But if I were, it would be to say, if we could only, as a collective of tree huggers, acknowledge some of this, yeah. because it does feel like there's a universal soldiering that takes place with tree huggers, with um, you know, I guess Vicky stands, I guess like Bethany people, LVP people. Um, Nini stands like with any large Ramona's got a few of them Ramona with any kind of like I'm thinking of people who spiritually take up space in the Bravo conversation Mm. because they're superstars because they've had such a big part of history that 
sometimes, even though they have such a catalog of storytelling and of seasons, it limits the possibilities of conversation, which is so weird. Yeah. When you think about how many chapters we've seen of Teresa, how her life has changed, mm -hmm. it is interesting that we some limit the conversation because they feel like that's the best form of support. And it's like, wait, but there's so much more story here that we could tell. If only yeah. we could read some of these chapters that might be less than can might be <laughs> less than kind. Yeah. I, I think also just kind of like approaching the, the Bravo journey, the developments that happen always kind of with an open mind and hoping yeah. Uh, a, a spirit of optimism and yeah. just like hope what I, I want things to be good more than I want them to be exactly what I envision yeah. them to be. And so with something like, you know, with a new season of OC that's coming up, potentially maybe we might be getting a trailer, the trailer by the, the time that you guys people are listening, are listening to this. To this yeah. If Tamara's uh, Instagram hints are not shout bullshit. out tomorrow by Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Andrea McArdle. Um, but <laughs> Uh, like, it's just the kind of thing where it's like, do I know exactly what's going to happen on this season of right. OC and whether it's going to be exactly what I want? No, I have no idea. But right. there are indications that I think it might be really fun and interesting. And I, I hope it's exciting. And I, I hope it's fun to talk about because that makes my life a lot easier and less arduous. Can I totally sidebar? I do want to talk about New Jersey more and yeah. knows there's a lot to talk about. And maybe we'll talk about that at the live show. <laughs> Hello, wink, wink. Um, buy your tickets now. Um, but can I just ask you a random question? Because this came up in conversation with myself and Ryan Houlihan over the weekend. Absolutely. Who's in your current top five? Noting, Whoa. Housewife specific, noting Housewife. just for the record that your top five, you can think of it however you would like the best to do the game or your personal faves. Noting that my top five, I just figured out that I have now filled all five slots. Heather Gay, may her memory be a blessing. There yeah. was an empty slot that I filled. Noting that for me personally, it's just like, who do I have just like stars in my yeah. heart for? That, that's just me personally. I, I think yeah. that when you say top five, the, the word missing is like favorite. So yeah. that's genuinely how I look at it, but not how everyone does. Not the top five, the Mount Rushmore, Are but you you're going... in your heart and soul, your personal Valentine, your Galentine, your <laughs> Galentine. You... Are you specifically going for people who are currently still No, on never, okay. never. Oh, and guys, for the record, when I say top five, it does not mean current, but it might be if some of your people are in your head. And now I have to like literally look through my fucking text with Ryan who Okay, got it. Because I was you, like, who's in my top five? Can you tell me your five? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, this came to me I'm on buying Friday. myself time. Ab no, you should. You absolutely should. Because yeah. it's something that I have not discussed in so long. Yeah. And to, to, to just clarify, again, these are not the best at the game. These are people who I just like okay. love. Okay? Mm -hmm. These are my top five. Yeah. And the way that I define it in my head are the people that I genuinely love. And... As an entry to that, as a prologue, as an index, as an appendix, just note that my spiritual housewife is Shan. Yes. Okay? Because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like that answers a lot. And I absolutely just lost the top five that I had in my head. Okay, got it. Um, so my top five, as I realized on Friday, mm. my top five, Shannon, mm -hmm. Lisa Barlow, Kyle, Kenya, Dolores. Okay. It's eclectic. It's possibly insane so i'll tell you right off the bat lisa and kenya are in mine lisa barlow and can you believe that lisa barlow's in our top five 
The, She's an icon. I can't get enough of it. I think be, just because of... I had Diet Coke the other day. Just because of the fact that I'm doing this on the spot, I'm mostly thinking of current, current. housewives because that. it's just the catalog is too deep to go back. But and your, th- your top five can change on a dime. I think Lisa is somebody who she... I think she is extremely entertaining. She's so entertaining. She's so funny. I think she's entertaining. I think she really holds her own in like uh, an argument, a friendship situation. And I also think there are layers there that we are still peeling back in terms of her emotional core, Mm -hmm. kind of what makes her tick, Mm -hmm. her SEC filings, maybe. Who knows? Like, I I just think that they're... France, Diet Coke. To me, when I think of when I think of Salt Lake moving forward, she's the person that I feel like is kind of like the keeping it together, the tether at the at the middle. Um, Kenya, I think, sort of speaks for herself. Just just an icon. Just I think last season was amazing for her. I think she is less of a villain than she once was, but is still so God so compelling. And I and so manipulative and combative in ways that I just oh my God, my heart goes on and on. Yeah, I think um, just in terms of like pure enjoyment recently, I think Candace is getting up there for me. Candace is um, creeping up there for me in a way that like I'm going to keep her blocked on my social, but like I I might love her. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm a um uh what's the fucking dog she's a uh uh basset hound yeah i don't know that i'm a basset hound but like i i might be like a puppy like i i I just uh, yeah yeah i think in this moment in time i'm comfortable saying candace is a a favorite of mine right now okay so wait remind me again who we have kenya lisa candace okay two more um i think from there i'm probably gonna go for Beverly Hills, New Jersey. I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm thinking like uh I'm thinking like Garcelle really mm, Gar- deserves. Yeah, I think she's Gar- in, she's my six. Garcelle, I think in terms of like iconic housewifeness mm-hmm. is still kind of working her way up there. Amen. But I think I just really love having her on the show mm. and I think she brings something that that franchise had never had before actual class actual class you know kind of like she feels grounded in the real world but I think it's been exciting to see her kind of like dip her toes into housewifery a little bit more Mm. in her few seasons and you know we'll see I'm I'm very kind of like trying not to think about Beverly Hills too much right now because who knows who cares um I think I might go with Margaret for my fifth (gasps) no (laughs) That is so, and listen, love Marge as a person and love her on the show. I'm just surprised that of the 9,000 housewives there are, that is so interesting. And I love Marge. I love Marge. Yeah, I don't I don't know. always agree with her. I don't know if Margaret is the one I feel the most strongly about, but I just think like. That is shocking to me. I think she's really funny. I think She's she, so funny. I think she, she has her head screwed on straight for the most part. Um. And I think, like, I just think, like, she is a a casting choice that wouldn't have been obvious, but has worked out so well. So well. Who knew it was going to work out this well? I did not. Yeah. And I... I think she was introduced by Sigalit. I know. Right. <laughs> Trigger warning. Yeah. I think she, she handled... Uh, <laughs> she handled Siggy's uh, descent into hell pretty well. <laughs> like, the fact that... 
the fact that she's on the record as saying that Siggy is like insane, like that makes me feel better about her. She was an OG yeah. of that. Um, so that is, that's good. She hates Danielle now too, Daniel Staub. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think ta- like Tamara is up there for me. That was like kind of who I was noodling around on just because I think Tamara is such a housewives legend. But in terms of like my personal like my personal the heart and soul i think tamra is like a little bit i'm not like as invested and then yeah that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at these days i think somebody from miami could have crept in but you know yeah you know what those miami there's a lot of a lot to choose from i would just i put them as a collective honestly they're so good wait speaking of all things marge this Mm. whole arsenal michigas <laughs> marge taking it as like the hugest insult because she hasn't looked at her own plotline linkedin it's a little how funny. are we feeling it's a little funny i mean it it's funny how everyone in the cast is treating it as this and big... i think she's actually uh, upset like i think she's maybe genuinely insulted <laughs> i tagged her last week there's oh god you know how there's like a there's like a, a football team in england called arsenal that's like a big famous team oh is that why people say arsenal like the, oh. it's like a little cannon. It's like the logo. I sure no, I've heard that. I just I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. There, so okay, I, I like it. passed a bar the other day that was like it's like an Arsenal bar, I guess, and they had the flag out front. And I, oh cute. I, Tell me where that is so I can walk by it in a dress. Sun Six Ab. I well, I posted it and was like no sign of Mar- of Margaret here, <laughs> and she just responded with like the skull emoji. Someone should send her that shirt. I look. I think the Arsenal thing is funny because it's like. We have said so many worse things about so many people, Margaret included, on these shows that it's like, like, yeah, she kind of has an arsenal. Like, that's Mm. kind of one of her trademarks almost, that it's like, she does have dirt on a lot of people. And that, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing in and of itself. That's where I'm like, you. it feels like she's saying, how dare you talk about the thing that I do every time that I'm going to double down on in my confessionals by saying, just wait until I talk to people from your life. It's like, babe, that, that's what you're doing. But babe. it's, like, it's funny because it. it's like, so that's a whole thing. And then that Arsenal thing is also one of the roots of Danielle calling Rachel a rat because it's like, uh, OK, so like. Rachel repeated the information that didn't seem that bad in the first place, but then that makes her a rat. Like it, it, the whole like game of telephone that's happening and then being like talked about on Real Housewives of New Jersey right now is kind of funny to me because I'm like, how do you think any of these shows operate? Well, it's a game of telephone with a game of reputation. Right. But like at the same time, it's like, okay, like, you know, at Jennifer's kid's birthday party when Rachel was basically meeting them for like the second time and they're already talking shit about Margaret and then Rachel like reports back. It's like, yeah, that's how housewives works. Yeah. Like you're allowed to be annoyed about it in a specific instance, but to act like scandalized as if she shouldn't have, you know, communicated that to the people who she's objectively closer to in the cast. It's like, that is literally every single season of housewives is predicated on like then we go to lunch and we talk about what somebody else said at the party it's like yeah that's the the whole you're doing housewives good job welcome okay (laughs) totally 100 percent. and i could talk to you about new jersey forever which is why we're doing a live show but i do need to shift gears a little bit because you're talking about reporting back we're talking about reputations Allie, my god 
Did we ever expect that the first ounce of verified information that something wink wink is going on between Raquel and Sandoval would come from Allie? You know, she she <laughs> saw them dancing at the Abbey and she thought it was a little weird. Oh, my God. A legend was born. A star. A star was born in the sky. Allie is an ally to the Scandoval. <laughs> we should just start calling her ally, ally luber i literally can't get i when i watched that episode for the first of three or four times i was like are you fucking kidding me ally over here playing the game of clue where she's like it was sandoval and raquel <laughs> dancing to dancing together at, at the, the abbey, abbey. <laughs> Oh, the and, smoking gun. And the other best part of that episode, and there were so many points where I was like, what the fuck? The fucking, what was the line that Katie said to Sandoval at the end of the episode? She's like, I hear you're like finding joy or something. Yeah. Whatever the actual line was, like, I hear you're really enjoying yourself or whatever it was with, yeah. with Raquel at the Abbey. Raquel, yeah. I wanted, I, because the gleam, she was like giving me full on cat with a fucking bowl of milk like she knew she was delighting in what she was saying and i was here for it honestly i really am i really enjoy like scorched earth katie oh my god because okay the the situation with schwartz and raquel as stupid as it seems knowing what we know now mm -hmm. about raquel and sandoval like just taking it at face value i there's you know people are going back and forth about whether or not it's like whether Schwartz is doing anything wrong and, you know, Katie left him and she doesn't have a say, blah, blah, blah. I've seen people kind of weighing in on both sides of that. To me, Schwartz did what Schwartz did. That's on Schwartz. But then it's like Katie's allowed to feel however she wants to feel about it. And she had previously made her, you know, she had tried to set boundaries with Schwartz that then weren't respected. And so like, her I'm nodding her going to pick up the dogs oh my god and he's like ah. he's like oh man Katie I'm so stressed oh fuck we were supposed to open this week man we don't even have a kitchen staff you know like I'm trying to we don't have anything you know we were supposed to open this week and her absolute oh my god one thousand percent legend disinterest mm. in anything he has to say mm -mm. she's picking up the dog leash you know gordo Bye. gordo and other one what's <laughs> <laughs> she is gordo on wall street she is halfway out the door mm -hmm. says oh that sounds terrible won't see ya <laughs> like that is Oh, no crumbs. Right. Like, even if you even if you don't care about what happened between mm -hmm. Schwartz and Raquel in Mexico, because, like, at this point, well, it's whatever. It's water under the bridge. Like, I just love Katie's commitment to this, like, energy. It's so great for her. It's so great for her. And the best part of it is seeing how much it fucks with Schwartz mm -hmm. and Sandoval because they don't understand that Katie gets to make a choice. Like yeah. they they're saying your choice is bad and unfair, but also you we don't think that you deserve to make it because you're supposed to love Schwartz for the rest of your life. You're supposed to want him to be in your life. You're supposed to want to be friends with him, which means friends with him according to how he determines a friend to be. Right. And when Sandoval is basically coaching him through this and says, well, you know, I mean, 
like she said what she wanted and then but it doesn't matter but like it's too much but like you didn't agree to that you know you can do whatever you want and it's like sure we're consenting adults i think raquel was you know complicit i don't even know how to you know describe raquel's whole situation right now but like yeah that makes you and raquel nothing illegal happened between them in mexico nobody's saying that schwartz should be like put on trial for this it's like yeah that makes katie not really want to spend time around him and she is uh you know just fine making that choice like there's no these people don't have anything binding them together except for the men's expectations and tv contracts (laughs) but But i feel like this goes beyond that yeah i mean there is a sense of irony with it but i feel like it goes beyond it like they like the idea of like well schwartz if you didn't agree to it you should have said something but you know what the dot 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 there is that neither schwartz nor sandoval want to appreciate or respect is if schwartz didn't agree with it they still wouldn't have a relationship because Katie's saying it's a deal breaker. Right. So if you didn't agree with it verbally, but your actions speak otherwise, the same result is going to happen, which is Katie's going to pick up the fucking dogs and be gone. She doesn't want to have any other part of a relationship with you aside from what's mandated by being on the show together and, you know, sharing some pups. I think it's Butters is the other one. Gordo and Butters. Butters? I believe so. Okay. I just think people are going to come for me for remembering one dog's name but I not the other. No, that's cancel culture for you. <laughs> I would have done Gordon and Gecko because I'm just feeling 1980 whatever, which is well before you and I were oh born. God. Michael Douglas, so hot. So I, wa- I saw him uh, walk by the other day on my oh way from therapy. God, I know. I was like, he was, he was, you know, doing a little power walk, talking business with somebody. I was like, oh, that's fun. Love that. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What to do. um, <laughs> and my but, mom was in town the other day, I have to tell you. Yes. And Toby and I are like running to the theater to see. Cancel all your parties. <laughs> Forget your big parade. <laughs> <laughs> to see parade which was incredible and i highly recommend it um cried forever but um i was like okay tobes just keep it cool but to the right of you is neil patrick harris and she whipped around and then i waited a block i waited until the next person was away from her and i said okay toby see the turn around see the person walking away from us matthew reese and she was like <gasps> And then oh in the theater, Blythe Danner, she said, related to Gwyneth, the crazy one. And I said, Toby, we're we post ski trial. We wish her well. I saw Blythe Danner in a Broadway show when I was in high school. I got her autograph. What was the show? Uh, Gwyneth's n- my kid. Nice work. If you can oh. get it. <laughs> starring uh, starring Matthew Broderick and Kelly, was she o- in that? Kelly O'Hara. She was. Oh, right. Oh, high school. Yep. When was- we were in high school. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I interrupted you to tell wow. some celebrity tales. We've we've we've, we've, we've digressed. So we've, far. Di- we've done. Um, <laughs> There's a little bit oh of God, it. Matthew Reese, Perry Mason finale tonight. So me, me we've and talked about this. Me and two other people. We've talked about this often. Um, uh, I but, love him. I die for him. The Americans is one of the best shows of all time, with one of the best series finales of all time. And I have tried Perry Ma- Mason, and I need to go back. Yeah, you. you I tried it unsuccessfully. Okay. The, okay. Now the season will be done, so you can binge. <gasps> um, okay, but <laughs> getting getting. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, I mean, with these people, it's like... Gordo and and Butter. Okay. (laughs) I think Butters. Whatever, margarine. (laughs) I can't believe it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like Katie is, you know, one step away from cutting these people out of her life. And obviously there's a TV show 
One step away, one step ahead. One step, I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. The, she's at the, the basically line. at yeah, the yeah. beginning of this season, she set the boundary that it was like, if we are going to be cool, it would be nice if we can be cool. Mm-hmm. And if that is to happen, please just follow this like one to two rules. Right. And, you know, personally, I feel like Schwartz kind of did agree to that. But even mm-hmm. if he didn't, like you said, Katie said, if we're going to be cool. So the alternative, if you don't want to follow the rules, is just like accept that you're not going to be cool with Katie. And I think that's where Schwartz is really faltering right now is that he was not prepared for her to actually, you know, take away the candy. Right. Because the thing with boundaries is you have to enforce them, which is like one of the hardest things to do. I struggle with that constantly. I'm like, well, I told you that there are boundaries here. So if I don't act like there were, that there are consequences when you cross them, that's fine because you know that I feel a certain way versus like actually doing that work, which takes a lot of bravery and courage because that's that can be just because you set boundaries doesn't mean you don't feel the consequences of ensuring that those boundaries aren't crossed or of making decisions based on that crossing like it's tough I mean absolutely I mean Katie is fully during this season still mourning the loss of this life that she had with Schwartz and like it's almost because she is still mourning that that she has to put the boundaries there so she doesn't just kind of like go back stay in this nether region of whatever you know I'm single but I feel like I'm stuck in this spot and the fact that she shows up to Lala's birthday with um little Mr. Satchel I'm like yeah honestly good for her I don't know if I like this dude but like I like that she is living her life and I like that she has seemingly realistic expectations like I we were just hooking up and it turns out he can talk and that's pretty much it like she's not saying this is like a guy that is important she's just saying this is a guy and I love that energy yeah it's realistic and this friend group is for the first time in a while in a place where it's like oh yeah like bring a guy to Lala's birthday Lala's Lala might see if the dawn is around mm-hmm. you know Ariana is like you know almost single <laughs> like so close you can taste it <laughs> Sheena seems to be in a fun little place of like, yes. maybe Brock will come, maybe Brock won't. I'm Brock is, I'm into Brock. I think being not full time on this show this season is the best thing that ever happened to my feelings about Brock. Because I didn't see last season, so I have no idea. Oh, you still haven't watched? I only watched the reunion and there's no reason for me to watch now. Okay. I heard so it was a bad season. Why would was, I do that It to was myself? not a great season. I didn't hate it as much as some. I thought it was better than their season prior, but you okay. know, not nothing to write home about yeah but honestly the biggest kind of headline of the season was like Brock kind of seems like a piece of shit basically just like a walking red flag that was like really that was kind of all this stuff because there was all this stuff about the mother of his children and him not paying child support and you know questionable financial stuff and he wanted people to do you know like promoting his fitness thing but he wasn't going to pay them like it just was like oh no now I definitely don't want to watch it was kind of just like thing on top of thing where it's like this guy seems like a little skeezy and like Sheena was so head over heels about him that she didn't want to hear a bit she didn't want to hear it from anyone else and so this season knowing that Brock is really just kind of around when it makes sense it's been lovely. I like, I don't have any issues with him anymore. Hmm. seems like maybe he's, you know, making things better with his ex that has, mm-hmm. that he has the kids with in Australia. Um, you know, they got their wedding shit together. Um, 
you know, it just in general, I think it's like puts him in such a better light. And like Sheena just, I think Sheena's kind of having like a good season. It seems like this Scandaval stuff is really going to kind of like cement her back in the good graces of most of the people in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I think this cast is these women, especially in the cast, despite having gone through so much heartbreak, you know, turmoil in their lives these last couple of years, like they're coming out on top. Like they, they seem like they're in a good place. Whereas like Sandoval and Schwartz, it's like, what's the upside for them? Like, I don't know. Sandoval gets to do (laughs) a few more gigs with his little band. I don't know. They're coming to the Gramercy theater. Did you see that? Yeah. We'll talk about that offline. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, actually I'm going, I will be in attendance. We're going to talk about that offline. Okay. Um, uh, and if any AGs attend, give me a shout if you see me there. Um, what do you think the future for Raquel looks like? Do you see a future for her on the show? Knowing that's incredibly uh, an incredible, much more complicated question than one could potentially initially infer. I think, I think for Raquel, it's going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, because the thing is with Sandoval, he is an original cast member on this show he's an og piece of shit he's an (laughs) yeah like you know there is no there's no debating whether or not he has been a central figure of this show for the Mm -hmm. entirety of its run whereas raquel really last season was the first time that she had she you know she climbed up the ranks the first Mm -hmm. couple times she was on was just kind of like oh, James's girlfriend who is in college and, like, doesn't live in L.A., so she's, like, kind of here sometimes. And then it was very much like, okay, she's, like, she's here now. They moved in together. She's working at Sir. I guess we care about her. Like, last season was the first time she was really, like, fully in the cast. And then even then she was still with James. And so, you know, James was her portal to be on the show. And this year really was her kind of, coming out party it felt like that it's like Raquel is single she's friends with a lot of the people in the cast still she's like figuring out this next chapter of her life we're gonna see kind of what her dynamic with James is like that was you know like fertile ground from a storytelling perspective I think and I I definitely went into this season kind of excited to see where Raquel's journey went like you know I had some question marks about (laughs) hooking up with Schwartz or like Rick, like Garcelle's right. son. Like, you know, I wasn't like a hundred percent like Raquel Stan, but I definitely was in a position of being interested to see kind of where her storyline went and like, sorry, but she just doesn't have enough of a foothold on the show, let alone with it. Like the, Who she is. the friend group I think is one thing. I think you can always dig up somebody to film with Billy, Billy Lee seems like she's trying to kind of get her way back in, you know, like Schwartz, I think like Schwartz and Sandoval would film with Raquel. Like I think the filming is one thing, but it's like in terms of the viewership, it's like Mm -hmm. if everybody watching the show hates you, then like we don't want to see a redemption arc. We don't want to, you know, like I just kind of feel like what's the, and everybody no hates there, there. Sandoval, and I would argue more, but the thing is that he has that history. He has that foothold. He understands Vanderpump rules. He doesn't understand women. Yeah. And he might understand himself much more than... <laughs> right. It's like we've followed his personal life over the course of more than one relationship, because right. he started with Kristen. We followed his business 
journey. I mean, mm-hmm. unless there's some, you know, force majeure fidelity clause, they're still part owners of TomTom. They have this Schwartz and Sandys thing. Who knows if we're going to be following that in future seasons. But like he and Schwartz are like tied, like sewn into the fabric of the show right. in a way that Raquel just isn't. And so it's like. It's Nor could n- she kind of ever be. Right. So it's not even about like, oh, I, I hate Raquel more. It's just that I, I think collectively we care less. And the thing is, like her conversation with Oliver, the idea of like your wife, estranged wife, deserves more than how I than the optics of how you're behaving, um, is interesting. But it's just, <laughs> it's like now we're running into the problem of her confessionals are obviously deep in the throes of the affair, talking about how she's finding value in herself and she's not depending on other people dot 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 I assume that means other women um but like at at the point in which she's having this conversation with Oliver if we are to believe basic calendars and scheduling it's definitely while she and Sandoval were doing whatever they were doing at that Mm -hmm. point I would think it was fucking so it it's like the the confessionals we know because they take place so much later that yeah like that's crazy that she's saying certain things in confessionals noting what was actually going on it's it's not even I don't want to use the the word that's crazy I want to say like it's it's frustrating but also like sort of depressing to talk talk hear her talk about how she is finding herself and finding value for herself because if the scandal didn't happen I would be like go Raquel like yeah that's incredible you're finding yourself you're finding your own value and the value that you bring to yourself let alone to other people in their worlds in their lives and to know what was actually going on the Oliver stuff, it just makes me feel so uncomfortable because it's like she's dragging him to hell, mm-hmm. d- dragging his reputation. Who knows what was actually going on with him and his estranged wife? Um, I- I'm sure there are definite reasons to hold him accountable. But for her to say all the things she did and really seize on to this, knowing that like Sandoval is happening, let alone Scandoval. Yeah. I mean, even the dramatic irony of this latter half of the season is really something to wrap your mind around. But specifically, the things that Raquel was saying in this last week's episode, it's just like she's digging herself deeper. Because now that being on the record as of last week's episode of like, I wouldn't ever want people to think that I'm fooling around with a married man that's not who I am when she you know but like you're saying that's the kind of thing where if Scandaval hadn't ever broken these would be these would be moments where she was like notching up her reputation saying that she doesn't ever want to be you know construed as fooling around with the married man that's something that people are going to be like yes good no good for her and then when she's like having this chat with Lala where she's like I'm sorry, I called you a mistress because, you know, this situation was really, you know, tough to be put in. And And I'm innocent. Right. And that, like, I believe now that you at the time also didn't know that you were with the Mary. Like, those types of conversations would be shoring up her reputation in a normal situation. But now it's just like adding to the, you know, mountain of evidence that people have to be like, Oh, this girl is not just like 
a little bit of a cheater. She is like so far into this, like, I don't know <laughs> what is even happening where it's like, she's saying all this stuff and it's like, how, like, how do you think this is going to end well for you? Like, come on. Yeah. And there's a, oh God, she talks about how she's finding validation in herself and not in other people and just watching her seemingly invalidate that. Or maybe mm-hmm. that's my own projection, but <clears throat> I mean, my God, it's just, it's, it is, a, it's tough for me to watch because as you said, it's like digging a hole, but it's just, it's, I don't want to use irony, but I mean, there is a little bit of like, isn't it ironic in just kind of a sad way, aside from the anger and frustration that I have genuinely felt about how you could do that to a a friend, how you could do Mm -hmm. that to a girlfriend. Like, it's just so sad to see her do this to herself. Yeah. Because now she's telling us she absolutely knows better. And there's a way that you can say, well, then you should absolutely go fuck yourself because now you're saying all these things and you're saying them while you're hooking up with Sandoval. Like literally while that is happening, we're pretending that you saw a future for yourself with Oliver and that's why you're upset, let alone being called these things and you're innocent and everything else. It's like, fuck like that just it's just honestly kind of it's it's a downer it Mm -hmm. is it's it's crazy and it's like lol but it is also genuinely sad well and it's funny because she did it to herself yeah i i keep seeing like every once in a while there'll be a comment that it's like i think scandal is all just a ploy for ratings like i think it's fake whatever and it's like first of all like it's it's literally not like if only bravo was that smart (laughs) but the thing is (laughs) it's just funny because then when we're talking about like her saying she saw a future with oliver or like when she's acting like she's genuinely (sighs) like excited by the idea of something happening with schwartz it's like that's the storyline. That's the the made up storyline that is happening on this show. Right. And it's not the producers doing it. It's Raquel and Sandoval and maybe Schwartz right. is in it, whatever. It's like this thing to cover up what's actually happening, which is so much darker than like some producer being like, hey, what if you pretended to have an affair? Like it's it, there is fakery going on, mm-hmm. but it's coming from the cast because they are trying to cover something up. And the fact that it got exposed in the way that it did, it really makes Tom and Raquel just look like so calculated and so, you know, both of them obviously knew what they were doing was so wrong and, you know, would get such a strong reaction. So like the level of meticulousness that went into them kind of planning this season Mm. until, you know, Ally Luber saw them <laughs> dancing <laughs> at the abbey it's like it's like that is it's crazy it's it's crazy to me that certain people have watched this whole thing unfold and been like mm, seems like a ploy <laughs> what well i mean that is also what makes the world go around that there are going to be scandal truthers and you know is there any truth to what they're saying no but it is just that is the world in which we live. And there's a place for it. Like there's a Reddit thread for people who are team Sandoval and Raquel. And when someone sent me a screenshot or I saw a screenshot of it, it had like, I think like 12 members and God bless those 12. Like, I mean, it's like 12, 12, 12 angry men. 12. <laughs> That's really what I was thinking. But I mean, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing so hard. But um, 
yeah i mean there's a there's a place for us like let's west side story it i mean a little bit there's a little bit of that we should sing it ag live we should do that i i don't want to do that and that probably won't happen but we should do that that's how it's gonna be how it's gonna be okay um dylan haver i could talk to you forever but we need to continue the conversation on may 18th at Yes. Andy's Girls Live, a Scandaval Spritz, which is going to be at Green Room 42. If you are in the New York City area or not, fly here. We want to see you in the room. And it's also a chance, you know, the Bravo community is a collective. And it's that's why people love BravoCon or loved BravoCon, whatever, however you're feeling. If you, if you don't think you can swing BravoCon in Vegas, swing Andy's Girls Amen. Live. Amen. <laughs> It's many f- zeros less, $20 tickets, literally, <laughs> instead of going to Vegas and not even seeing Adele. Um, but it's also an opportunity. It's going to be fun. I'm very, very excited to deep dive with you. I'm excited to maybe have some conversations with people in the audience. Who knows what's in store? But the part that makes it all really fun is the fact that we all understand the conversation. We're all in the room. We all love Bravo and have thoughts on Bravo and sometimes critiques about Bravo, but we all get it. And there is such a celebration in that. And it's just something that doesn't happen often to like be in the room where it happens and where what is happening is just a room full of fucking Bravo-holics. You can bring your tree hugger friends. Yes, tree huggers welcome. Everybody safe come sp- with, an op- safe space. with an open mind. I mean, we are going to talk about New Jersey, so hashtag like create a safe space in your mind if you don't want to listen to like we'll a little bit of nuance, it. We'll but that's what the Pumptini is for. That's what the Pumptini at the bar is for. The cockies will be flowing. The cockies will be flowing. It's going, I'm really joking. <laughs> I'm not going to make that joke. I'll save that for Patreon. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm really genuinely really excited. And there are live stream tickets. So if you are living abroad and God bless, and do you have a bedroom for me to move in there with you, um, you can get a live stream ticket. You can watch it on demand. Seven o'clock Eastern might not work for you in you know, Alaska or whatever. I don't know where that, and that is also a part of this country. So that doesn't quite work for abroad, but um, you can watch it the next day if you would so desire. Uh, but we would love, love, love to get some, some tushies and some seats. So if you are interested in coming or want to gift it to your Bravoholic mom or relative or whomever, it is the perfect Mother's moms, Day gift. Moms love me. Do moms love you? I feel like moms love me. I don't know that moms love me. Okay. <laughs> well, the moms, the moms can come for me. It was always like when I was, um, when I was like playing. Like, I want so- some of those dads. When I was like playing soccer in elementary school, it was like I would oh. like talk to the moms more than the other kids on the team, like that kind of thing. Hmm. I think I had too much of an opinion. I think that separated <laughs> couples. Of the, I just like talking shit. Moms, you know, when I just we did like, carpool to temple. I just like gossip. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just I turned it up a notch, maybe a notch too high. But um, those notches will be perfectly felt at us. A Scandal Spritz. And can you believe it's the day after the reunion? Oh the finale. Yeah, that's what I meant. I keep saying reunion when I mean finale. <laughs> It'll be our reunion of the night before's finale, is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, getting the gang together for 
once. It's going to be incredible. And so, again, tickets to purchase $20 tickets, can you even, are available now at thegreenroom42.venuetix.com. And a link is in the show notes as well as my social. Dylan Hafer, tell the people what you got cooking on Mention It All, Bravo by Betches, your social, your life, your brain, your spirit, your drive. What's what's going on? Well, that's a lot to wrap my mind around. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can listen to me on Mention It All. We're doing... Uh, all our all our regular episodes. We had Rachel Fuda on last week, which was a, a, mm. a pleasure. Um, <laughs> I'm doing Top Chef little mini oh God, solo to catch up. recaps this season. Need to catch is up is excellent. Um, oh, Chris Manzo said he'd come back to talk about Top Chef. Oh, oh, oh wow! I know. Um, you know this because you listened to the episode multiple times. <laughs> head nod. Head nod. Yes. <laughs> um, I <laughs> so you can listen to mention it all wherever you're uh, listening to Andy's girls right now. Yes. Um, you can follow at Bravo by Betches for lots of uh, Bravo coverage and, you know, whatevers. Um, and you can follow me at Dylan Hafer. Love. And guys, speaking of follow, follow me, Dame Galley on Instagram. And also that Patreon episode that I promised is, in fact, up featuring <laughs> your <laughs> satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things Bravo, VPR, NJ, and more. It's the number one way to support the podcast. So go to patreon.com slash Girls and sign up. You get exclusive bonus episodes and get the opportunity um, to maybe not have Dylan Hafer directly on into a microphone, but there are other exciting things taking place. He's just, he's honestly exhausted from listening to every episode on the AG Patreon, Patreon. And he just thinks, oh my God, I just, I'm so, so excited to listen to that episode. I just can't even sleep. I just can't even sleep. Is what, and he's not choking on his iced coffee because he's laughing so hard. <laughs> you know what? We do have fun here. We do have so much fun. And also, um, shout out when you get your tickets to AG Live. You're going to want to read our bios because we may in each, in fact, you know, state our desired something about her order. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> extra crusty <laughs> do you remember the name of yours mine was the bambi eyed breakfast sandwich mine was i think the toms i think something yeah love it okay into it uh listen into this episode into all of you for listening oh my god let the conversation continue on may 18th for the reunion of the finale which occurred the night before oh a scan of all spritz a new jersey whatever you would call that for new jersey a family vibe, I guess. A family van, even. Um, guys, thanks for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you soon. Uh, bye-bye! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.